Olympics is really um, brings in really who he is and it names uh, uh, Jesus, um, who he's going to be called, what his attributes are going to be like. In Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6, this is 700 years before Christ is born. It says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And you know, um, uh, we've been talking about, in the last few weeks, we talked about Wonderful Counselor, we talked about last week, Mighty God. If you didn't listen, hear those messages, go online, you can get those um, and listen to those. But today we're going to talk about Everlasting Father. And a lot of times we're kind of confused on that one, a lot of people are, because isn't God the Father and, and Jesus the Son, and here He's called Everlasting Father. And one of the things he's, uh, Isaiah is not you know, talking about, Isaiah is not talking about um, Jesus' role within the Godhead here. So he's not taking God's position. God is still Father God. But he's talking about the Messiah's character towards us. What Isaiah had in mind. So it's, it's his attributes, his, his character, how he's going to relate to you and I. And he's going to relate to us as an everlasting Father. And uh, I don't know about you, I have a dad. How many of you guys have dads out there? You know, you've had a dad. Whether you know him or not, you had a dad. And, uh, and so, but one of the things, I, when I'm, I'm thinking about this, and how do we relate to Jesus as our everlasting Father? And I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's Wonderful Counselor, whether it's um, uh, Mighty God, or even the Prince of Peace, what we'll talk about on January 1, um, we, a lot of times we build up walls, that stop us from really receiving who He is. And an everlasting Father is a big one. Because when I, I speak of Dad, or I speak of, about a Father, a lot of times we look at Jesus through the lens of our earthly fathers. Now, you might have had a good dad, and you might have some great memories of your dad, and, and that's good, and you should thank Jesus for, for, uh, for that. But even a good dad is not perfect, right? I know as a dad, I could probably speak for all the dads, it's hard being a father. It's not easy. And uh, it's, it's something that, you know, I, I look at for my kids that I, I definitely don't want my kids to view th- through me Jesus and, and thinking that Jesus is like me because I'm nothing like Jesus, you know? And you don't have to say amen on that one. I mean, I try my best, and I, do, I just know I'm not perfect. But he is. And what happens a lot of times, no matter how good your dad is, that you kind of view Jesus through that. And so all these images and memories and emotions begin to churn up when you even call God, Father God, or Jesus, the everlasting Father. And what happens is, because of that, it may build a wall between us from receiving who he really is and wants to be in our lives. You know, um, all of us have had, uh, had certain dads. Some of you, your dads were there and you're good dads. Some of you, your, your dads weren't that good. Maybe some of your dads were not even around. And uh, for one reason or another. But we have to realize that we have to take this lens that we view the Father God at. We've got to ask the Lord here, ask Holy Spirit, am I viewing Jesus through the lens of what I've experienced in my past? And that can, that's something that we're going to have to take away today.
Because maybe you had a father that was never satisfied. Maybe you had a father that was, um, uh, was never satisfied with you. The words, I love you, I'm proud of you, or maybe they were kind of elusive to you as a child. And, you know, maybe like a carrot on a stick, they would always hold it in front of you, but you could never really uh, get their affirmation or acceptance. And so what happens with us is that a lot of times when we view um, through a lens of our earthly father, we think that we, we never really get that full acceptance from God, and so we never receive that. Maybe you had a father that was always angry. And so when, uh, when you're home with your mom and your, and your brothers and sisters, everything's fine, everything's going well, but when he opens the door, it's like everything gets quiet because you're afraid that he's going to be angry and it's going to mess everything up and you don't want, to want him to get angry. Maybe you had a dad that maybe said, you'll never amount to anything, maybe said some words like that or you're no good or you were a mistake and they really rip you up in the inside. You know, statistics will tell us that even today, even here today, that uh, there, are, there are men and women here that have experienced those painful words from their dad. And maybe even, even here, you've experienced even worse and been abused. So we might see a father who is never satisfied or a father who's always angry, and we view even our everlasting father Jesus or our father God in that light that, that maybe he's always angry. Maybe he's more angry towards you than he is loving towards you. And a lot of times that's how we relate with the Lord, through those lenses, through our experiences. Maybe you had a father who was seldom there. Maybe you grew up in a, in a divorced family and your father just wasn't there. Or maybe he abandoned you, or maybe you just never knew him, or he worked a lot. He was always working for some reason and never seemed to have time for you, or even he died. And so through that lens, we think, you know, as we, we, we hear this everlasting Father, we think, um, are you going to be there for me? Because maybe you didn't have a dad that could sit there on the edge of your bed and put his arm around you and, and just say, it's, everything's going to be okay. And so when God tries to do that, when Jesus tries to do that, um, it's not really fully received because of your experience in the past and the lens you're viewing him in. See, we all have our own story, every single one of us. But just for a moment, and even from maybe this time forward, that we're going to lay that lens down and we're going to look at the everlasting Father through the lens of Scripture. Not through the lens of our experience. Not through the lens of what we've had in the past. And maybe, just maybe, you're going to see Jesus in maybe a different light than you've ever seen Him before. Even though you might know these things, but because of that lens, you never really received Him of who He really is. Now, I, I, could, I could spend all day enlisting in, in who the Everlasting Father is, but I'm going to give you three, okay? And these three, I really believe, are really foundational through Scripture, of who Jesus is. And really will help us as we start accepting Him and receiving Him through these uh, uh, three attributes of the everlasting Father, we'll be able to even gain even more perspective of what who Jesus is and what He wants to do in us. So number one, He is our everlasting Father. He is compassionate. 
Now, you may know that, and that's nothing new to you, but have you received that fully? In Psalms 103, verse 8, it really describes the Lord. And it says, The Lord is compassionate. He is gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Now, let me tell you something about the Lord. He, everything that He works through, everything that He does, everything that He is and everything that He says and everything that He wants to do in and through you comes out of His compassion. It flows love out of him. It says he is compassionate and he is gracious. That means he's, he, he pours out his grace to you. He's slow to anger. Now, he does get angry, but he's slow to that. But he abounds in love. And so that's the thing about it is that a lot of times we don't receive that. You know, one of the most liberating moments of my life was when I began to realize that I didn't have to do anything to receive his love and acceptance. That that was there already for me. I didn't have to do anything to do that. He loves me. He accepts me. Accepts me. I didn't have to impress God. I didn't have to I didn't have to try to make things happen so he would like me more. But that took a long time for me to realize that. Because, listen, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. It was later on in my teenage years that my family gave his life to the Lord. My dad was a good dad, but he was flawed. Even after he got saved, he was flawed. But he got a lot better after he got saved. But I remember my dad, I remember we, we lived in the country, and he wanted to put these monster, um, um, uh, uh, what are they called, the uh, porches, on our house, one in the front and one in the back. And so it was him and I were going to do this. I mean, this thing, this house went through a hurricane. The house moved, but the porches stayed. I mean, he just, he overkilled everything. I mean, and, and so here I am. I didn't know how to do it, all that. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm working, I'm working, but I mess things up. And he would get very angry at me, get mad at me. And, uh, and I was always trying to please my dad because I, I wanted him to love me. I, and I wanted him to like me. And I, I knew my dad loved me, but I wanted that acceptance. I wanted that pat on the back, that good old boy, did a great job and everything. The thing about the Lord is, is no matter, even if you mess up, he still loves you. And he still accepts you. And through that lens, it took me so long when I came to, to the Lord that I felt like I had to do this. I had to read my Bible. I had to do all this. I had to go to church. I had to, I had to pray. I had to witness. I had to do all those things. And I began to be overwhelmed uh, to do these things, not because it was with the grace of God on my life. It was, it was because I, I wanted His acceptance. And so everything I was doing for the Lord was trying to get His acceptance, trying to get Father God to be pleased with me when he already was. And so I was working in my own power, and I never felt like I was good enough. See, it's right to go to church. It's right to pray. It's right to, to do those things, read the Word. But it's through the grace of God that you do it, that you, are, you already do it from a place, I'm a son. And I don't do it at a place to try to Get him to like me. You know, God cannot love you any more than he already does. Isn't that right? He already loves you. I, I, if you're a believer in here or not a believer, he already loves you. He loves everyone on this earth the same and with as much love that he has. Isn't that great? I, I can't perform 
to get more love. I can't do that. I can't read my Bible enough. I can't, I can't worship hard enough. Why? Because he already loves me. His love is perfect. It can't get any more. It's there. It's my, now, my receiving of that love, that's a totally different story. His love is already there for me. And so when I do these things, and this is where we get mixed up, and that's why a lot of times our growth is so stunted, is because we're doing things out of trying to get God to like us. When we should just sit and be still and allow Him, His love to come in us, and out of that love, that's why we do these things. God, I'm doing this because you love me, and out of that, I love you. It's like Jesus said in, in Matthew 11, verse 28, He says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. No prerequisites, except for are you heavy burdened, are you weary? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So you know what? We need to stop trying to do everything right. We need to live a life that glorifies God, definitely. But we need to stop trying to do everything right so we could get God to love us. I'll tell you what, once we really get that, then we begin to receive all that He is from for us and all, all what He wants to do in us and through us. But when we look through our lens of our earthly father, sometimes, man, that, that's, that stunts that. That stops it. It puts a wall up. And where we're, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do, and I never, 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 never get it. Just receive it. He has it for you and I. And it's through not my works, but through my relationship with God. My relationship with Christ. He accepts you, and there's nothing that we can do to get him to accept us more. It's already there, and I love that. So when we look at our everlasting Father, Jesus, He loves us. He accepts us. And we can come right in. I mean, you could go and give God the finger right now and run out, you know, through the parking lot and slip and fall a little bit, but then go into the car and then go out and do and live your life the way you want to live it, and he, His love doesn't change. Did you know that? Now, you able to receive that love does, but His love for you doesn't change. You know, even not only our lens of our Father, but it's our lens of our experiences with each other, right? Because your love changes depending on how people treat you, Right? Well, I'm, I'm getting a little deeper and stepping on some toes probably right now, right? Isn't that true? Even our lens of our friendships, of how, we, how people have treated us and how you have treated people. Now, now don't, don't, don't amen me too much here now, okay? Isn't that right? Aren't you glad you're not God? Because we'd all be screwed. Isn't that right? Because this is how we would have treated people. I'm not going to send my son for that jerk. Right? Because our love is conditional. It shouldn't be. His love is unconditional. And so we can receive that. And so that's why you can go out of here and do, live your life the way you want to. And... On your deathbed, 
Call out to God, and what is he going to do? Pour out his love on you. It doesn't seem fair, and it isn't. That's how great his love is. Isn't that good? It's not fair for us to even be here today, right? He's our everlasting father who is compassionate. Number two, he's our everlasting father who always leads with hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This is, this is how our heavenly everlasting father leads us. He leads us with hope. So he's always, always there leading, guiding, directing you to where he wants you to be. He doesn't leave you alone. He's there. And he's always tapping you. No, 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 come this way. Now, you, you have a choice to listen to that, but he's there. He's there. No, 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 come this way. Come on, come on. I'm leading you. Look where you're going. Look, he's always, if you ever listen to the Lord, he will always lead you with a vision. Even when he tells you, you did something wrong, He's also going to show you who you really are. Isn't that right? He's also going to lead you out. What, he's, going to, he's going to say, hey, come out of that pit because, man, I want to wash you as white as snow. I want to make you clean. Not come out of that pit, you idiot. No, he doesn't do that. He says, come out of that pit because I want to show you the life that I've come to give you. Stop, stop sinning. Stop doing those things because it's harming you. But look what I have for you. I mean, it's always leading you with hope. When you mess up and fall down, he gets you back up. Look what he did to Peter. Peter walked on water, right? He says, he reaches down, ye of little faith. And a lot of people think he was mad. He wasn't mad. He was saying, hey, be consistent. And what did he do? He lifted Peter out of the water. What did Peter do? He said, Peter, go back in the boat. What did Peter do? Did he swim in the boat? No, he walked back on water to the boat. Isn't that cool? And that's, that's how the Father leads us. When you, even when we mess up and we're not doing right or, or we're getting off track or whatever or we're lack of faith or whatever it is, he comes with his hands and says, oh, let me show you how it's done. And that's how he leads us. And that, that is the father. That's what a father does, right? That he leads us. He shows you. Now, okay, you messed up. You screwed up here. But let me, let me show you how to, how to fix it. But let me show you where you're going. Because I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. That's the Lord. That's what He wants to do. And that's how He leads us. I love that. So we have an everlasting Father that's compassionate, that's gracious, that's slow to anger, that, that's abounding in love, and one who, is, who leads and guides us into our future. I love that. He will never abuse you. He's caring. He's not angry. And He wants to guide you. And then number three, our everlasting Father is always with us. So we have an everlasting Father that's compassionate. We have an everlasting Father that guides you in His plan and His purposes. But we also have an everlasting Father that is always with us. He's always with us. And I love that part. 
because there's times in my life that I've believed a lie that I would even tell God, where are you? How many's ever felt that way? God, where are you at? I don't feel you. I don't hear you. I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't even know where you are. Are you really real? But here's a promise, Hebrews 13, 5. He says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I mean, that's, that's a promise from the Lord. This is their, our everlasting Father. And I want you to realize this, is that the first word is never. And last time I looked up in the dictionary, it's, it meant never. Never will I, never will I leave you. Do you understand, do you understand how that is in your life? That even when you feel like he's not there, he's there. And don't ever believe someone that tells you he's hiding. He's not hiding. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I never forsake you. I mean, that's powerful to me. That means that no matter what happens in my life, he is already always there. I heard a message a long, long time, back in the 80s, a long time ago. And um, not as long for some of you, but a long time ago. And, um, and, and, and the preacher said that, you know, when you sin, God leaves. Right? That's not true. Because he says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. In fact, God is not afraid of your sin. In fact, he wants to get right there into it and get it out of you. And so what he's going to do? He's going to be led by his compassion, his love, his abounding love, his grace. He'll be slow to anger. He does get angry. He, does, he is a God that judges. But everything he does is through his love. So when you're messing up and screwing up, guess what he's going to do? He's never leaving. He's right there waiting for you to reach out your hand to grab his so he can lead and guide you. Because he will never leave you. He is always there. In fact, when you seek him, Jesus says you'll what? Find him. Why? Because he's not hiding. He is terrible at hide and seek. I, I was terrible at hide and seek. You know what I used to do in hide and seek? We used to play hide and seek in our church. Not this one when I was when I was a teenager, and um, we'd all all hide, and everybody wants to hide. And as soon as people the, the person seeking would come out, I'd jump at him and scare him because I thought that was a lot more fun. But anyway, that's that's another story. But God will never do that to you. He'll never leave you or forsake. This is one of the coolest promises from the Lord. So when everything falls apart, and everything's messed up in your life. Even when things are going well, he is right there. He's your biggest cheerleader when everything's going well. But he's your biggest cheerleader when everything is going wrong. He's leading. He's guiding. He's loving. He's compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. And he's right there. Why is he right there? Because without him... You can't get out of that pit. And without him, you can't continue in the success that he has for you. That's why he is always there.
That's why we should always be pressing in and seeking him. This verse comes from, in Hebrews, comes from a verse in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. And I love this part because this is what Moses, he's giving a word from Moses to Joshua. He says in verse 6, Be strong and of good courage. Do not, be, do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. Isn't that good? He will not leave you nor forsake you. And then verse 7, it says this, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. I love that. You know, we're going into a new year. Who knows what this new year will have? I'm sure it will have good, and I'm sure it will have bad. Isn't that way almost every year goes, right? Okay, so let's don't fool ourselves. But we're going there. Now listen to this, what the Lord says, and I believe this is for you prophetically, is that the Lord is saying to you today, I have gone before you. That means he's already been to 2017. He's preparing the way. That's how he leads. He goes before. He's there. He's already correcting and making things and taking things out that need to be taken out. And he's already forming the vision and the purpose for you to walk in. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. There's an attack, right? There's walls that have to come down. There's things that we have to have to release to him and, and give to him and allow him to do in our lives. But he's preparing. Listen, you're not going in 2017 alone. He says, I'll never leave you and I will never forsake you. He says, the Lord goes before you and he will be what? He will be with you. Isn't that great? He's going to be with you. What does that mean? He's going to be with you, not just to watch you get beat up. But he's going to be with you fighting with you. He's going to be with you helping you as you allow him to. Did did you know this is all based on us doing that, right? Giving him control. Submitting to his will. Submitting to his words. Submitting uh, our lives to him. But it's there. He's going before you. He's, he's with you to do the battle with you, to give you the wisdom, to give you all you need, that grace that you need to accomplish that. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not going to give up on you. Because you're going to go in 2017. Yeah, God, let's go for it. And then, you know, March comes around and you're going to kind of start falter a little bit. And I'm not saying that you will, but you may. But guess what? He's, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. And so you're going to, you're going to, you're going to drop back into him and he's going to, you're going to continue. And he says, do not fear nor be dismayed. I love that. So he's telling this young, well, Joshua, saying that, you know, 
Moses couldn't do it because of his lack of faith. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it with you. Uh, it's like this. This is our Father, our everlasting Father, Jesus. You know, he, he's on the winning team, right? So his team always wins, no matter what. And he just picked you. And you're excited about that. Because no matter what, he's the Michael Jordan, in a sense, a lot better, of that team. And if you got Jesus on that team, it's a shoe-in. Right? I don't care how good you thought Scottie Pippen was, he wasn't that good compared to, to, to Michael Jordan. My, he, Scotty, uh, Michael Jordan made Scottie Pippen, and some of you don't know who I'm talking about, Scottie Pippen look good. He made his other teammates look good, didn't he? That's what he's going to do to you. You're not that good at playing this game. But he is. And because of him, your dad, your father, he's going to make you look good this year. Amen. Are you ready for that? I believe that's the word the Lord gave me last night for you. That because you're going to play the game with him, he's going to make you look good. Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. We're going through 21 days of prayer and fasting here in January.